This week on the Halloween episode of Hiding Under the Table Read is your boyfriend a goose? Welcome to our special Halloween episode, Hiding Under the Table Read. That was spooky. I, was it? I didn't do a spooky voice. I was like, like, <laughs> I sh- should I do like a really spooky one or should I like ham it up? I'm like, I don't know. Is that going to be cringe? Couldn't decide. No, it's spooky season. Spooky season. All bets are off. Okay. There's no cringe. I highly debated doing the like stereotypical like Dracula voice kind of thing where it's like, welcome to our special Halloween. You know, that kind of thing. But. It's okay. It's okay. That was I good. Think Ether that is was right. great. I, I had mixed feelings about it. I didn't know how how cliche I wanted to get. <laughs> but yeah, uh, welcome I back to the as of recently announced by a random email I got the number twenty one podcast in comedy fiction in New Zealand. So <laughs> shout out to all the Kiwis listening. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I genuinely don't know how that <laughs> happened or how that email got to me or. Like, is nobody listening to podcasts in New Zealand? I don't know. The only way I can find out about that is if these people in New Zealand who are actually listening tell us what's going on. So please, if this is actually true, <laughs> tell us let why. us know somehow. <laughs> Tweet it, comment it, find us, let us know. Amazing. Because I want to know if that email was legit Amazing. or just some random guy with statistics trying to take my money. Okay, fine. It was me. I did the email. <laughs> How did you get that email? That's my personal one. I made a New Zealand email because they're different. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing as it's the Halloween season, I am your host, Jason Burned Alive. <laughs> With my co-host, as always, Sarah may be a witch. Ooh! <laughs> <laughs> And our other co-host, who's very happy about this, Rebecca Daver Lashmar. Rebecca Daver, okay. Yeah, your name was harder. Your name was harder. (laughs) It was that or Rebecca Corpse. Oh, dude, if I was like a Twitch streamer. Oh, that would be good. If you were (laughs) really into like a horror movie thing and did like exclusively that, Rebecca Corpse is like a perfect screen name. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm taking that. Noted. Copyright it. Now in my notes on my phone as we speak. (laughs) I wanted to actually ask you, Rebecca, are you like really into horror stuff? I absolutely am. This is my favorite time of year. It is spooky season. I started watching, I, I only almost exclusively watch horror films unless it's like a really good film that people recommend me I, that I should watch. But since like September 1st, I was like, hell yeah, broke out like pumpkin scented candles, started <laughs> baking like a lot of pumpkin-y and apple-y things. And I am so, so excited for Halloween this year because last year we couldn't obviously do much. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm excited. I love spooky stuff. I had a feeling you were really into Halloween. I don't know why. I just got the vibe. I was like, Rebecca, into Halloween for sure. I'm so, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad I get that vibe. (laughs) But what about you, Sarah May? Are you a Halloween person? I love Halloween, but not, not the same way as Rebecca. Because I just really like getting dressed up and then getting wasted and uh, just going about town. Oh, hell yeah. And having a grand old time, you know? Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. that's more that's more yeah. along my vibe because I am 
bad with horror movies. Like, as much as oh, yeah. I enjoy yeah. them, I am the biggest baby. Like, if something is actually scary to me, it bother like i will think about it in my bed to no end and have to sleep with the lights on like and i'm 31 this is still a problem <laughs> it's all good no, no i totally i know i get no, that I, i'm, I get I'm that. the same way and i know this is like sacrilege but i tried to watch um the first nightmare on elm street which everyone is like oh that's like the classic one you gotta watch that one that's like the original oh it's so much fun it's fun but yeah i couldn't deal with the ending because i was like uh it's the 80s. I forgot everything ends in a weird cliffhanger and has no, like, satisfaction. Yeah. Like, everything, and that weird doll gets pulled through the window and you're like, oh, that's clearly not a human that being. Was, that, you know what? That was the funniest thing. <laughs> I died at that, watching the blow-up doll of the mother get pulled through a window. <laughs> like, with, like, it's great. air-filled well, limbs. Now just you like... ruined the end of the movie and I, I won't be able to see it. But you don't know who that who the doll is actually, who is supposed to be, but it's clearly a plastic doll. <laughs> oh, my God. It killed me when I saw that. Oh, I loved mm. it. Every second of it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I... I I have a weird relationship with horror. Like, there were certain movies that really, like, freaked me out. I'm trying to remember what some of them were. But, uh, like, back when I first watched the Slenderman stuff back on YouTube, way back when Marble Hornets was doing it, if I walked oh, by a forest, okay. I was, like, anxious as hell. I was just like, I can't look in this forest. But I'm still like that, not so much for Slenderman, but because I'm just like, what if this is the day aliens come out and they're just in the forest and that's where they chose to come out and they're just it's like that simpsons episode where mr burns is the alien and just like don't be oh, yeah, the like, x-files thing yeah yeah and i'm just that yeah, is yeah, my yeah. greatest fear is that i'm just gonna be walking along an empty road aliens get me and it's like well no one's gonna know what happened yeah. to me like i if i'm gonna be taken somehow I want to leave behind remains. I want people to have closure that I disappeared. And you want Liam Neeson there. You know what? If Liam Neeson can like <laughs> fight some aliens and take in five or six or whatever the hell they're on now, and like he gets me oh, back, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would watch the shit out of that movie. I haven't seen any of those, actually, but I am totally on board with taking aliens this time. <laughs> Taken, but it's oh aliens. Taken, but it's I- aliens. Yeah, I was the girl that would like watch um, Disney movies, and I would be afraid of the like evil witches and have to run away and not be able to watch it. Mm. I've been a wimp since I was like, uh, like that's one of the ones that isn't. I guess it is horror, but the witches, the 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 original. Oh yeah, the the witches. I was also afraid of Oscar the Grouch and like (laughs) wouldn't go near trash. That's fair. No, that's fair. That's super fair. Oh my god, when I was a kid, (laughs) when I was a kid, I was afraid of the illustrations in Dr. Seuss books. I could not deal. I could not deal with those drawings. I I would have people read me the stories, and you know how when you're a kid, you like show them the picture? I'd be like... Every time they would turn the camera around, I could not. Get that box uh, and socks away from me. I couldn't. Green eggs aren't supposed to be green. What the fuck is that? (laughs) I was, I was not okay. But there's nothing that looks like that on earth. I was, I was so afraid of them as a kid. And I would, I would, it was, it was terrible. Or like, and I couldn't watch that. I'm, I think I was about like 14 when I actually sat down and watched the, um, 
the animated Grinch. Oh, oh yeah, the, like classic yes. animated Grinch because he would, and I was I would watch it before, and he would get to that smile. He would get to that really gross smile, which is beautifully animated. That's like, and I'd be like, oh no, and I. So yeah. I wasn't until I, yeah, fourteen. I finally sat down and watched it, and I was like, oh, this is a beautiful yep. Christmas film. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because it's creepy when you're a kid, and I wasn't until I was, I think, close closer to 16. Well, I thought that the Grinch was played by the same person. Wait, what? I thought that the Grinch was played by the same person as Oscar the Grouch. I thought it was, like, the same actor. So oh. I just was afraid of that actor in general. <laughs> you know what? They gotcha. had similar hands, now that you say it. Now that yeah. I'm thinking about it. They emit similar energy. But yeah, it wasn't until I was, like, in high school that I was like, yo, it's so fun to be, like... It's fun to get scared in your house and mm-hmm. just be like, ah, and like just dumb things. And of course, you there are times when you fall down, ra- like anything, sometimes you fall down rabbit holes and you end up like looking at like different things and it actually freaks you out for a while. Yep. That happens with me sometimes. More so when I look at true crime stuff, I'll just be like, wow, I've really been looking at this one case from the 80s <laughs> for four hours and I need to stop. Yep. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I love yeah. spooky stuff. Spooky video games. Hell yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't know if we it's ever established, like, I play way too damn many video games. So cycle, anything horror video game wise is like absolutely my vibe. Like mm. Resident Evil, Silent mm-hmm. Hill, Fatal Frame, all that stuff is just like in my library. Oh, yeah. But yeah. I could list so many uh, video games right now, but I won't. <laughs> 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 Legend of Zelda, the horror game, right? <laughs> right, right. Uh, Tetris, Tetris, Tetris. Scary puzzle. Tetris, but it's scary. Tetris, but all the blocks have little fangs. Mm-hmm. But yeah, one of the... Uh, I've always been like a big fan of a psychological horror kind of genre. Mm. I find like that scares mm. me more than anything because I'm just like, oh, I can relate to this. This is awful. Totally. Like when it's like a slasher film, I'm just like, okay, yeah, murder or whatever. Like they're, those are real, <laughs> but like they, they die. But psychological <laughs> horror, like... <laughs> I mean, yeah, like I'm not <laughs> scared you, of like a Michael Myers. Oh, you can like, kill them. You can kill them. You can like, kill a, You can kill a murderer. The, the movie people are scared because they you won't can. die, but it's just like for us, it's like gun. Right. Okay. Pff, done. Right. Like, okay. Okay. I was confused. Weird, Sorry. Heavy, blunt object. But yeah, it's psychological horror just messes with me because I'm just like, I have to think about this and I'm going to be thinking about this for at least another six hours after I finish. And it's. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. uh, and there's like video games that do that sometimes. There's. Oh, yeah. Stories. Uh, I can't even. I, I wish I could think of any of them off the top of my head, but that. Anytime there's like anything psychological, horror, thriller, like I'm immediately drawn to it. It just sucks me in and I can't stop. And the worst part is like that kind of stuff will stay with me for a very long time. Like I remember as a kid and this isn't really psychological, but there was like a kind of an aspect to it. I accidentally watched the first Candyman. <gasps> oh no. Which is the one with mm. like you say the name in the mirror four times and like she's like everyone nope. thinks she's crazy, nope. but like mm-hmm. there she's like a hook like a hook-handed man is trying to kill her and she basically gets burned alive and then she becomes the ghost in the mirror and I was already scared of mirrors as a kid because I heard like the whole Bloody Mary story and so I actually slept with a towel over my mirror for about six years because I refused to oh like ever look in a mirror at night because I was oh that scared. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. 
Oh, and then eventually no. my mom just was like, okay, we could take the mirror and put it in the closet backwards. <laughs> I was like, thank you. Because <laughs> oh anytime the towel fell off, I was terrified something happened. Uh, that's become such a horror trope actually as well, funnily enough, is mirrors. Oh yeah, anything. There's so many movies. Yeah. There are so many bad movies now that are like, which like, don't get me wrong. I love bad movies, but. Oh yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where it's just like, it's it's fun to call out the tropes and mm-hmm. mirrors is one of the ones that bother me the most because it was clearly one of those things that when when it first started when people are like oh imagine if a mirror but it's spooky because <laughs> everybody obviously <laughs> had one in their house so it's like whoa I have a mirror in my house so I, I get the 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 horror there but now it's just like oh I wonder what's gonna happen I'm still when mildly paranoid when I go to the <laughs> like when I go to the bathroom at night, I'm still scared that one day I'm going to see something in the shadows if I don't turn the lights on, like in the mirror. Mm. Like I'm still just kind of man. Like, I, I wish I, I lived near you so I could just fuck with you. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna hide in your mirror. <laughs> Sarah May comes up to Canada just to po- just to poke around Jason's house. <laughs> it's worth Great. it. It's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> knocking shit over in the middle of the night and hiding. This is the weirdest reason anyone's visited me. <laughs> you know it's her, but you let her do Anything it. Anything for a joke. Anything for a joke. Um, why did I invite you here? <laughs> you didn't I invite me. I just decided to come. Food. How, how did you cross the border? <laughs> That's the scariest part. Ooh. <laughs> But yes, so as a change of pace today, we're going to be taking a break from My Immortal to bring you tales that not only are better written, but also probably not funny at all. In fact, most of these stories will actually probably keep you up at night, hence the Reddit board for them appropriately named No Sleep. Ooh. Oh, crap. Reddit. (laughs) (laughs) And I kind of actually have been in a little bit of a dive of actually like good fan fiction lately because i was reading like i was kind of getting interested in this from this podcast and just from in general like really dissing the harry potter one (laughs) (laughs) yeah right that spiraled me i'm like i gotta read something good and see like what that translates into and i ended up reading this one by a a batman fanfic and i was like whoa this is like really Uh well written and i started thinking about i'm like isn't a spec script just your own personal fan fiction you write professionally like People like comedians who write like sketches for SNL or write a Simpsons episode to get a writer's job. Like, that's just fan fiction that you do to get work. So, whoa, yeah, there's it, it, yeah, that's a good point. I was kind of thinking about it. I'm just like, it deserves a little more respect than it gets because a lot of these people are getting like writing gigs out of it. That's, yeah, that's such a good point. That is such a good point. And I feel like they they people do deserve more credit for this because for a long time, I feel like it's it's kind of a similar vein along what happened when um when people could become like YouTubers, like when that became an actual job. It's it it's like it came from mm-hmm. that person's own creativity and hard work where they're like, "Yeah, I'm going to upload a crazy vlog." Or like, "Yeah, you know what? I have this platform on the internet. Why wouldn't I put this story that I wrote out there and it doesn't need to be seen by like a big traditional uh, publishing house or like uh, yeah. nobody needs to see somebody at like an acting gig to now do that, which I think is, uh, I think that's rad. Yeah. Self-production in the DIY scene has really exploded recently. Like 
in terms of like if you want to be a comedian you can literally record your own stand-up and put it on instagram and tiktok or you could record yourself reading something for a voiceover gig and just make a video out of it like when i was doing things for screen rant it was because i just made video game youtube videos that they saw and they're like do you want to do this and i'm like hell yes i want to do this someone paying me for this hell yes like that's kind of just how it is now. You don't have to go through the normal channels. You still can, and they're still viable. But if you want to just make something, you can just make something. And there's, you know, if you wanted to put on your own stage production of a small amateur theater, you have that option too. Or if you want to make your own sketch and film it, it's not hard to you put can together do a skeleton that. crew of people. Yeah. Yeah. So really the idea, it's weird that there is a stigma and I think it's disappearing, but maybe not so much outside of fan fiction circles. But the fact that there ever was a stigma is, in some sense, kind of ridiculous because it's just one stage at the next step in self-production. Like, look at Amazon. You can buy all these really weird self-published novels now that people just put on, like, Kindle mm -hmm. for a dollar. And, you know, there's plenty of really weird deliberately bad ones and there's also people who are just trying to get their work out there yeah so yeah it's kind of an interesting medium now that i'm kind of diving into it a little more than i had been people are always going to hate things that have, are differing slightly from the norm of what they were people are always going to hate it mm -hmm. so people are always going to be like oh what do you mean you didn't go through penguin to publish your your <laughs> your beauty and the beast fanfic <laughs> What do you mean? Oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know what movie actually scarred me as a kid? What movie? Signs. Signs by M. Night Shyamalan. Really? Yeah, you know what? That I was scared of aliens, so that scared I went there. Scared the utmost hell out of me. It scared me so bad. It's like, it's like, because, well, first of all, who's the lead in that? Who's uh, like Mel Gibson. Anti-Semitic. Yeah, he's in it. He's a scary man anyway. He's a, he's a terrifying man. Yep. So there's that, and then also, just like oh, he's a he's a priest and his wife. Like I like I get why people saw that movie and they're like, oh my god, M Night Shyamalan's a brilliant filmmaker. Whatever, <laughs> <laughs> and then whatever's around that, and then the aliens showed up. Like that, do you know that scene where Joaquin Phoenix is watching yep. the news, yep. and he's it's like the children, it's mm -hmm. like a children's birthday party in like Mexico. It just walks in. And he's just like, and it's like, like, I hate that. I yep. hated that so much. That, the scene where but, he sees it in the knife scared the fuck out of me. Oh my God. Ew, I forgot about that. Yeah. That when it's finally just in their living room holding the kid and it's just standing oh, there. Oh, the kid's just like. The kid's like dying and the, it's just like standing there like. It's like, it's like putting gas into its mouth like with his finger. Yeah. Or something. I don't. And like. The aliens were. We're, we're strange because it, it's funny to look back on that movie because it's like, yeah, I see how it has like all this beautiful symbolism and there's like talking about like believing in God, if that's your jam. Mm -hmm. But, but then it's like, why did the aliens choose to invade a planet that was like 70% made of something that could kill them? <laughs> yeah. Like there were tons of other planets that around that why? don't have water. <laughs> yeah. Like, like. Why? Why? You can have all of them. There's nothing there. Go to Mars. We don't care. <laughs> yeah. I, I. If you have the technology to do intergalactic travel, I'm sure you can terraform a planet. Literally. It's like, I, I don't know if it was one of those things where it's like, maybe they attacked Earth 
because it was 80 percent, 70% water. Yeah. So they maybe. were like, we need to take it over to make sure that they don't use it again. But I feel like that's giving humans way too much fucking credit. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they just needed an oxygen planet and that was the closest one. So this week we're going to be reading individually some horror fiction and it's come to be known on the internet as a term called creepypasta, which borrows from the term copy pasta, which is basically just a block of text that people copy and paste all over the internet. And they put it through like online forums, image boards, all that kind of stuff, social networking sites. It's kind of like a chain letter, but it's spooky. So we're going to be reading some of the top voted ones that I found on the internet, as well as one that I found that was only written about three weeks ago. So it's unlikely that anyone's done a reading of this. But to introduce you to this concept, I'm going to be reading a very short one right now called The Keyhole. And this is a pretty infamous one. It's only about mm, two paragraphs long. And it was written, the earliest one I was able to find was written in 2009. And I don't believe it was originally written in English, actually. From what I was able to research, it was originally Dutch. I might be mistaken on that. Let me know if I'm wrong. But here we go. The Keyhole. A man went to a hotel and walked up to the front desk to check in. The woman at the desk gave him his key and told him that on the way to his room, there was a door with no number that was locked and no one was allowed in there. Especially no one should look inside the room under any circumstances. So, he followed the instructions of the woman at the front desk, going straight to his room and going to bed. The next night, his curiosity would not leave him alone about the room with no number on the door. He walked down the hall to the door and tried the handle. Sure enough, it was locked. He bent down and looked through the wide keyhole. Cold air passed through it, chilling his eye. What he saw was a hotel bedroom, like his, and in the corner was a woman whose skin was completely white. She was leaning her head against the wall, facing away from the door. He stared in confusion for a while. He almost knocked on the door out of curiosity, but decided not to. This disinclination saved his life. He crept away from the door and walked back to his room. The next day, he returned to the door and looked through the wide keyhole. This time, all he saw was redness. He couldn't make anything out besides a distinct red color, unmoving. Perhaps the inhabitants of the room knew he was spying the night before and had blocked the keyhole with something red. At this point, he decided to consult the woman at the front desk for more information. She sighed and said, Did you look through the keyhole? The man told her that he had, and she said, Well, I might as well tell you the story. A long time ago, a man murdered his wife in that room, and her ghost haunts it. But these people were not ordinary. They were white all over, except for their eyes, which were red. And that's the story. Ew. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so the... So yeah, when he was looking through the keyhole, it was just her Mm. eye looking right back at him. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I I I get so creeped out in stories. Like I I read a creepypasta not long ago that was like uh, someone was like house sitting for somebody that they didn't know very well, and it was like they gave them like a list of instructions that was like, okay, you have to come between this these hours or this hour and this hour, and when you walk in, if you see like the second hallway door on the right closed, turn the radio on in the kitchen, and just like weird shit like that. Mm-hmm. No good. It put no good. So when people are like, oh, did you see that one door? Don't look in that. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Also, immediately, immediately, 
Eventually, you're going to fucking look in a door. Yeah. Oh, 100%. <laughs> like, Someone hey, tells you, way. don't look in there. You're going to be like, why? Of course. Of course. Of course the character looked in the door. Because as soon as you're like, don't do that, the first thing you're going to do is be like, well, I want to look in the door. My boyfriend asked me to stop looking at his phone. So, of course, I look at it as much as I can. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Are you texting any ghosts? Text. Oh my god! Spooky, scary, scandalous. <laughs> oh lord! Yeah, that's kind of the thing with horror. Is it plays? It it works the best. I find when it plays on our own human nature, like our own curiosity. Like when someone in a horror movie does something stupid in a B movie, you're just kind of laughing at it. But when it actually scares mm-hmm. you, it's because you're like, "Fuck! I would have did that." Yeah. Well, when when characters do what? What? Right. <laughs> you, oh. Oh. Yeah. Oh, hands down. Absolutely. Oh, the second I hear a sound, I go, hello, and then walk into whatever, whatever. I walk toward what I just heard because I'm curious about it. It's, it's, it's scary when you see characters in horror films and you're like, they did everything right. Yeah. Like, they yeah. did the thing that was, they charged their phone. <laughs> and yep. they, they, they turned on all the lights before they checked out what this, like, it's, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, my brother and I, if we heard a sound in the basement when we were kids, we were the two dumbasses who, like, went after it with butter knives. Like, that was just the level of stupid we were as kids, but... Oh, yeah. Did you guys ever run up the stairs because you're afraid that someone was going to grab your ankles? (laughs) I still do! I'm like, I don't want to be down here with my back turned this long. (laughs) Any stairs? I'm like, I am at my most vulnerable climbing stairs. No way. Yeah, everybody remembers Ugh. that scene in Psycho. Like, mm. we're not doing this. Oh my god. Scariest film of all time. Psycho starring Vince Vaughn. <laughs> Scary for a different reason. <laughs> Scary for a different reason. Oh god. Sorry, that movie's so fucking bad. Anyway. Oh <laughs> lord. So, I've got four other stories here. And I've got what, some titles you can choose from. Uh, and I'll let each of you read one on your own. So... Sarah May, you're selected. So you have a choice between these four stories, and I'll just give you the titles, and I'll send you a link so you can read them. So your titles are, I Can See People's Auras, and It's a Curse, The Disappearance of Ashley, Kansas, You'll Never Even Know, and I Think I'm Dating a Goose. (gasps) Uh, I mean, obviously, I have to do that one. Yeah. I knew when I read that title, I was like, one of them, the first person who chooses a story and hears that title is going to read that one. So I'll just throw Be it like, in the well, chat obviously. here. Well, is there any other option? <laughs> <laughs> so for context, just like with my Immortal, I've never read these. These were just the highest voted that people liked on No Sleep or in like top 10 creepypastas, things like that. So we're going in blind. All I know is this is just called I Think I'm Dating a Goose. Which is a great title for anything. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah. Okay, here we go. I think I'm dating a goose. Okay, so to start with, my boyfriend hates birds. Yes, I know. Why would I date someone with so obvious a character flaw? But honestly, I didn't know how bad it was at first. It was just this little quirk, like, LOL. You don't like this cute little robin? (laughs) Who doesn't like cute little robins? He complained about how they were dirty and obnoxious, and I'd write it off as nothing more harmful than a pet peeve, like disliking the noise of other people chewing or hating the word moist. Also, in my defense, we were only dating for a few months before I saw how bad it was. Like, he legitimately hates birds 
And I think his hatred is proportional to size because with the small neighborhood birds, it wasn't a big deal. But I remember the first time we were at a park and there were some pigeons crowding around the sidewalk. I was like, oh, they want food. And then, bam, this rock comes flying past me and lands in the middle of the flock. So they all take off in a picnic, a panic, <laughs> not a picnic. <laughs> <laughs> and I turn around to find him standing there with this ugly look on his face, all twisted up. That was our first fight. I told him that was a cruel thing to do. He defended it by saying pigeons are nothing but dirty flying rats. Aww. I finally resorted to saying he scared me by throwing the rock past me with no warning. And besides that, I didn't hate birds. And I was upset by people being mean to them. So he apologized and said he wouldn't do that anymore. So a bit of a red flag there, but I didn't have any other obvious reasons to dump him yet. So I tentatively stayed in the relationship. Maybe he had some issues with birds, I thought. Let's be honest. Some birds can be mean. Maybe he was attacked by a swan as a child or something. I mean, he seemed willing to compromise with me and work on it. So that was a positive sign. Things were pretty good after that. He, um, he had a great sense of humor. He was mischievous. <laughs> Likes to play pranks. Harmless ones, though. The kind that makes me laugh. And he doesn't overdo it either. He knows where the line is. I like that about him. He actually is really clever and keeps surprising me with things that uh, what he's going to do or what plans he's got when we go out. Look at me referring to him in the present tense. I just, it doesn't feel real. I keep wondering if I was wrong about that day and maybe everything is okay. It started with the geese. Canadian geese, to be exact. Oh, God. Oh, guys. Oh, my gosh. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> and this is really upsetting, and I'm sorry, but I need to tell you everything so you understand what happened to us. We were going to the store together. He was driving his truck, and he liked to park way far out to keep it away from the other cars. So he dropped me off at the front entrance so I wouldn't have to walk so far. I made it only a few feet to the front door when I realized my purse was open, and it didn't weigh as much as it should. A quick check confirmed that my wallet was gone. It had probably fallen out when I pulled out of the truck after me. I turned to follow him to wherever he parked so that I could retrieve it. There was a goose in the parking lot. It caught my eye as I crossed the street because of how it was standing all by itself. It was skinny and dirty. We don't really see solitary geese around here like that. It stood in the middle of a bunch of empty spaces, head stretched as high as it could, and it kept pivoting around. It made one lonely cry at regular intervals. Like, it was searching for something. I couldn't help but feel sorry for it. It just seemed so lost. And then I heard an engine rev and saw my boyfriend's truck swerve around two empty rows of parking spaces, Swinging the front bumper straight towards the goose, I gasped in horror and covered my mouth with both hands. The goose took flight, barely getting out of the way before the truck plowed through where it had just been. And unfortunately, it kept going, flying away as it screeched angrily and uh, at its attacker. My boyfriend corrected the truck back into the aisle and then turned into a parking spot and stopped the vehicle. And at that moment, I remembered how earlier this summer a bunch of geese had been killed on the road. It's the main road leading past the grocery store, four lanes, right where the speed limit goes up to 45 miles per hour. There's a couple round, oh my God, there's a couple runoff, what? There's a couple runoff ponds next to, <laughs> I have a BFA, I have a BFA. <laughs> <laughs> there's a 
<laughs> There's a couple runoff pods next to the parking lot. And so, of course, the geese loved it there. There are signs up to not feed them so they don't get aggressive and people respect that. We leave them alone and they leave us alone. But sometimes they do cross the road and it's a big holdup as all four lanes come to a stop because everyone complains about the geese but no one wants to actually hit them. Except one day, someone did. Someone swerved and you could see the tire tracks where they cut across the other lane and into the middle turn lane to hit a flock of geese. And not just any geese juveniles that were too young to fly. They killed one adult and four juveniles, just left them strewn across the road and drove off. It was so upsetting to see, and I was so angry at whoever had done it. I didn't think much of it at the time, but my boyfriend cleaned his car really well shortly after that. I remember him showing up at my house, and his pickup was cleaner than I had ever seen it. I guess I never made the connection between those poor geese dead on the road and his pickup truck until after the incident in the parking lot. I was so angry. I mean, he promised me, and it was obvious that he wasn't honoring his promise to me. He was just making sure he didn't do anything cruel when I was around to see it. Not only that, he was a lot worse around birds than I realized. I went back inside the store, heart pounding, and waited a few more minutes. Then I went back out, found his car, and retrieved my wallet. When he asked me why I was so out of it in the store, I told him a friend of mine had called while he was parking the truck and asked if I'd helped him repaint her living room, and now I was stuck with helping her. You shouldn't be so nice. At least the lie gave me an excuse to be away from him for a few days. I could do some soul searching and decide how I would go about dumping him. I mean, someone that's casually violent towards animals like that is not good. It's stressful enough figuring out how to end a relationship, but then it got worse. The next morning, there was a goose in my front yard, kind of skinny, very dirty. I swear, it was the same goose from the parking lot. I gasped and jerked away from the window as its head snapped around to stare at me. I told myself I was being ridiculous. It was just a lost goose, so I looked again, and it was gone. But a few minutes later, I heard something rapping on the front door. Okay, I know this is ridiculous, but I swear, I was being stopped by this goose. (laughs) It stayed at the door, sorry. It stayed at the door, wrapping it with its beak. And finally, after about 20 minutes of this, I decided I'd had enough. I'd go out there and chase it off, I thought. And then, if that didn't work, I'd call animal control or something. It didn't belong here. There was no water in this neighborhood for it to wait around in or something. I threw the front door open, and the goose hastily retreated off the front porch. It stood on the walkway up to my house, staring at me, so I advanced on it, carefully, waving my arms and yelling for it to shoo, and reluctantly honking in irritation at me the whole time, and moved away. It seemed like nothing more than a normal goose, honestly. I decided I was imagining things and went about my day. It stayed out there in the front yard, occasionally honking, Like it was looking for something, just like in the parking lot. I kept wondering if there was another adult with those birds that were killed on the road. Things got worse after sunset. I checked one last time out the window, and sure enough, the goose was still there. I didn't think about anything more of it. My mind was now preoccupied with worrying about my impending breakup. I decided I'd break up with him over the phone, which is shitty, but I didn't want to make a scene in a public place, and I sure as hell wasn't going to be alone with him if he was violent towards animals. I knew it had to be done, but it still hurt to come to that conclusion. I cried myself to sleep, which didn't last long. (laughs) I was woken barely an hour later by something tapping my window. Nervously, I sat up and I grabbed my phone. It didn't sound like a person. It sounded like the goose. 
like when it was wrapping its beak on my front door. But why would it be doing that to my window at night? Reluctantly, I raised the blinds. My heart hammered in my chest and staring back at me through the glass was the goose. Only its head was visible over the edge of the window frame. Go away, I shrieked and lowered the blinds again, but it didn't. It kept tapping. I moved to the living room to sleep on the sofa. It followed me, rapping on the window there. I went outside to chase it off again. It went to the edge of the yard, waited until I fell asleep, and then came back again. The goose would not let me sleep. And every time I moved to a different room, it followed me. Finally, around midnight, I got some earplugs, and that did the trick. For a little bit, at least. I was woken by a sharp crack loud enough to get through the foam stopping uh, wait what oh my god i was I'm, I'm <laughs> gonna, i was woken by uh i was woken by a sharp crack this is so fucking long guys i'm not even halfway through this this is insane okay uh i lost uh, we could trade off if you want no i'm okay i'm, I'm just exhausted <laughs> imagine if you had to do this like on stage this would take so <laughs> long i lost my place I, I would literally say that to the audience. I would go, I'm tired. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so to get back into it, <laughs> I was woken by a sharp crack, loud enough to get through the foam stopping up my ears. I was instantly awake, and for a moment I couldn't move, frozen in terror. My window, the noise had come from my window. Another crack, like ice splitting when it thaws. I tumbled out of bed, heart pounding, and grabbed my phone with shaking hands. I had to call the police, but I paused because there was a lull, and in it, I heard a soft noise. A hiss. It was the fucking goose. So, I raised the blinds, and sure enough, there it was, staring at me with that beady eye. I was starting to understand why my boyfriend hated birds. The pane of glass in my window was cracked. The goose was uh, pecking its way in. He's not here, I shrieked. He lives elsewhere. (laughs) And I stormed to my home office, wrote down his address on a piece of paper, and returned to the bedroom. It must have followed us home, I thought furiously. My boyfriend dropped me off first, after all, and then it must not have realized that he doesn't live there. I returned to the bedroom and plastered the piece of paper onto the window so the goose could see it. Okay, all right, hold on. <laughs> I'm getting like... But it was four in the morning, okay? I was really tired and not thinking straight. But I swear to you, he was just stared at the note for a moment and then turned and left, flew away. I heard its wings and it didn't come back. So it can read. I didn't sleep with Confirm, goose can read? Confirm. Confirm, a very talented goose. Can talented probably goose. read for me. <laughs> and, uh, I didn't sleep well that night. In the morning, I called my boyfriend. I needed to break up with him, after all. But I also wanted to make sure he was okay. He didn't here. <laughs> I waited an hour, and I tried again. Still no answer. He wasn't answering my texts either. I didn't dismiss my concerns as mere par- paranoia anymore, as it was well past the time he was usually up. I'd just swing by and check on him, and I thought I'd pick up some coffee on the way over and pretend it was to surprise him. Then I'd leave to say, help my friend paint, and break up with him that afternoon. I just needed to make sure. After that night I'd had, I had a bundle of nerves. Uh, He lives in an apartment. It's a decent place, cheaply built, of course, but it's new, and everything is sleek and modern looking. He's on the third floor. I climbed up to the exterior stairs and knocked. No answer. 
so I let myself in. He gave me a key fairly early on in the relationship, maybe hoping I'd give him a key to my place in exchange. I never did. My standards of trust are a bit higher, I guess. Weird flex, but okay. (laughs) Right? (laughs) There was a horrible smell in the air. I almost gagged like a butcher's shop. I was shaking, but I stepped inside, leaving the door partially open behind me. I tentatively called his name. Silence. Then a rustling from the bedroom. What I saw is burned in my head. I'll never forget it. It's the one thing I keep clinging to when I think of perhaps this was all just some strange, de- uh, some strange dream. I was there. I saw him, or rather, what was left of him. The window was broken. The glass lay strewn all over the floor, and he lay face down on the floor, his skin deflated like an empty sack. There was a slit all along his back where his spine used to be, and the rest of him was piled neatly on the floor, a heap of muscles and organs and bones. His brain was near the bottom of the pile, shining slickly in the sunlight. His skin rustled. There was something inside it. I was frozen in place, standing in the doorway, too terrified to move. I don't even remember what I was thinking at the moment. It was like everything had shut down and I could only uh, remain petrified, watching as his skin jiggled and swayed like something was crawling around inside it. The slit along his back slipped open. I saw what was inside. The goose. (gasps) But it wasn't a goose any longer. Its body was growing, the skin splitting apart to reveal sleek muscle beneath. There was no blood, like this was a planned transformation, like a caterpillar emerging from a cocoon. Its feathers molted and its hind legs cracked open, stretching downwards to slip into my boyfriend's empty legs like it was putting on a pair of pants. Its wings shifted out to either side, the primary feathers separating like fingers. Then he raised his head and smiled at me. The same smile he gave me when he was up to something. I was finally freed from my trance. Panic took over. I fled the apartment, fled to my car, and was down the street before I realized I couldn't just leave like that. My boyfriend was- Yes, you can! Yes, you can just leave like that! My boyfriend was dead. Something was inside him. I called 911 and told them I thought something had happened to my boyfriend, that he wasn't answering his phone, and I saw a broken window. They came, and I waited anxiously at the far end of the parking lot as the police officer went up to the third-floor apartment. I saw the door open, and my boyfriend stuck his head out. They talked, and then the police officer came back to where I stood by the car, crying silently, and told me everything was fine. The window was broken by some kids playing baseball in the parking lot. My boyfriend had claimed his phone was out of battery. He was so sorry for worrying everyone. But the smell, I thought wildly. Didn't the officer smell it? What was left of my boyfriend? I stayed by the car until the police officer left. I didn't go up to his apartment. I looked through, and there he was, by the railing. He raised a hand, waved at me, and went back inside. I wasn't broken up with him yet. At first, I was too afraid. Would it kill me, too? Then it showed up at my house with a sack of ingredients, saying he was there to make dinner, and I didn't know what to do but let him in. I was too scared to say no. I just sat there in the living room, watching him as he prepared eggplant parmesan, because apparently he's a vegetarian now, he says. We had dinner. It was fine. He acted like he always has. Except, he likes birds now. In fact, he loves them. He asked if he could hang a bird feeder at my house since I actually have trees near the building, and he'll go out there and talk to them, and I I swear they're talking back. I've even seen them land on his hands and shoulders. That's not my boyfriend. I know it's not. But, we like him. He makes me laugh. I don't really mind not eating meat either. He's been teaching me how to cook vegetarian meals. 
Sometimes I see him look out the window, though, towards the sky, and he looks sad. Then he realizes that I'm watching him, and he smiles and acts like nothing is wrong. Sometimes I look at him, and I see my boyfriend's bedroom again, covered in blood. I see his smile staring up at me from the floor as the rest of his body, uh, as, as the rest of his body wriggled and writhered. Is that right? As its new occupant put him on, my chest feels tight and I feel numb. And he, that thing, takes my hands and tells me that it's all okay now. That he loves me, and I'm too scared to say that I can't keep acting like he isn't something else. And now one of my friends lets slip that he's been asking around about my ring size. I don't know what to do. What an ending. You know, for a bit there, I was getting like almost the Raven vibes, but like the Simpsons version of it. And I was waiting for the goose to just be like, quaff the goose. Honk. I thought he was the goose the whole time. And I thought it was that like the goose kept showing up because it was him and he was like transforming. Yeah. So she's fucking a goose now? Goose man? I I guess she like, she didn't break up with him. So I guess she fucked the goose at some point the goose oh my god the goose and i hate that that's where my mind went first but (laughs) but it's like a man's body yeah i know but you can't pretend that your boyfriend's not a goose that knows english and presumably english maybe dutch (laughs) and can read can it drive a car like does it does it maintain a lot of like well-rounded like does it have does it have memories? It seems to have knowledge of him. Yeah. Honestly, the goose, the goose sounds better than the first guy. Yeah. I mean, okay. So, uh, yeah, honestly, 10 out of 10 would date Goose Man over non-Goose Man. Yeah, let's make a poll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, make I'm pro-Goose Man. <laughs> I'm actually reading, like, the comments, because people are responding like this is a real story. <laughs> Oh, people do that on Reddit. People I love do it. that on Reddit. I actually love it. I've never read them before, but it's just like, um, maybe you could try talking to him. If you get out of town and call him on the phone, you could probably have a conversation without being in imminent danger. <laughs> oh, wait. Second comment. I date a murder goose. He definitely seems like an improvement over the goose murderer. Yep. That's what I said. Yep. 10 out of 10 agree. To be frank, I'd Both rather bad. hang out with the goose. Dude was trash. Yeah, dude was trash. Yeah. Will they? Will she lay eggs if they have babies? <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I think my favorite part of that story was when she put the address of her boyfriend up on the window, and the goose was like, "Got it, thanks." Oh my god, <laughs> that was the best! And dipped. this is where he lives. <laughs> He's not here. We don't live together. Here is where he lives, though. Wait, what if at that moment was the moment he went and like? Like eviscerated the boyfriend. He did. That's when he did that. Oh shit. He 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 like ate his insides and then like climbed inside of them. <laughs> also also never describe skin as jiggling when there's not a person in it. Ugh. <laughs> like it was like an empty skin bag and it was like oh it floated in the breeze. It was like what? <laughs> oh well, that was a that was a fun little story. Canadian geese are brutal, man. Oh yeah, no, you you don't want to mess with them. Like every every Canadian has a story of a time that they were like one on one with the goose. Yep. I feel like I just did a one woman show, but I like did not do well. But, like, <laughs> I, I looked at it and it said that I started that twenty minutes ago. I read a twenty minute long story. And it was great. The funny thing is, the angle you had your camera at, your boyfriend was in the background the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just that like, was oh man, this is this is hilarious. 
Well, because I couldn't, I couldn't see myself because I had to read that long story. No, I know, but it was just funny because that story, while he's sitting in the background, I'm like, oh man, that's the goose. Oh my god, the goose. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant. Well played. Brilliant. I have to go. (laughs) I mean, I'm a human. As far as we know. Yeah, yeah. Who who the hell knows who you are? Can you read? Can you read? <laughs> Can you read? Is that how you got the address? Or did you just know? Have you have you got the address? <laughs> oh Lord. Alrighty. Alright, Rebecca. So we have a few options for right. you. You can do, as I said before, the story you'll never even know, which was actually I think the highest rated story. Uh the disappearance of Ashley, Kansas. Or I can see people's auras, and it's a curse. Um, I'll do the, you'll, ne- you'll never even know. Okay. I also have a black cat with me. Oh, I had a black cat too. Is demanding best. attention. Oh, aren't black they the best for that, so though? cute. They're so cute. There was a really great video going around of, like, a girl, she's like a cosplayer. She's actually from Toronto. And she was like, oh, yeah, everybody thinks, like, black cats are, like, spooky and shy. But what it's really like is they're just screaming for attention constantly. Oh, constantly. Look, look, at, look him. at him. Name's- <laughs> he just name's keeps Leonard. batting you for attention. No, he, he, for whatever reason, on this headset, he gets, like, pissed off at the microphone. <laughs> I don't know why. It's buzzing. I don't know None why. He doesn't like it. Look <laughs> For those wondering, the cat like just took that mic out. <laughs> my cat just swatted up my mic. That'll be like something I got to remember not to edit out because that's hilarious. <laughs> it made a really audio great issues, sound. We... It, it actually was really cool. It was kind of just like this whoosh sound. <laughs> oh, that was my boy. That was my Leonard. Good boy. Good boy. Oh boy. Any audio issues we attribute to uh, my cat? <laughs> so saws about it? Oh, Lord. All right. So this is... You'll never even know. Surveillance is a growing fact of life these days, but I now believe we've expanded the scope of human sight to dangerous levels. I'm not a master hacker by any means, but I was definitely able to Google a script to break into my neighbor's new smart home system. Believe me when I say that ignorance is bliss and that you can never go back once you know the truth. I'm not some creep. (laughs) Really? So far, I don't believe that. Okay. (laughs) I'm not some creep. The idea first started as a random thought when I heard my 50-something neighbor bragging to someone else on his porch about his new smart home system. He claimed the security system and all the devices in his house were wired to the same voice command box, and he seemed rather proud of it. He claimed it was perfect security. Of course, after overhearing a claim like that floating in through my open window, I made a single search and found a dozen hits for scripts that would break into the brand he described. I laughed to myself, and then left it at that. But temptation has a funny way of lurking in the back of your mind. Every few days, the thought would randomly pop into my head. I had the power. Why not take a peek? It would be good for a laugh, if nothing else. It's not like he would have installed cameras in his bathrooms or anything. Nah. No. Well, maybe... No. I shouldn't. But then spring break arrived. Okay. (laughs) And while sitting at my computer, I happened to glance out the window and see the neighbor's daughter coming home from college. Ew! 
<laughs> the temptation to use the script had already been percolating in me for weeks. The veins in my extremities constricted painfully as I realized I was actually going to do it. What? Gross. That's During not my what brief, happens. Yeah, he's going to spy on his neighbor's daughter. Gross. During my brief glimpse down into their yard, I'd seen what looked like a startlingly attractive girl. Okay. And I couldn't connect that image to the weird girl next door I'd seen last in high school. It wasn't a creeper thing. Yes, it was. I just wanted a better look to understand what I'd seen. Huh? <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, so so far... Understand what? What you I'd seen. saw a pretty girl, dude. Literally. Oh, you saw a girl hit puberty? Chill the fuck out, my guy. Oh. Okay. Episode of Riverdale is this. <laughs> Gross. Okay. I told myself I'd take one quick look and then be done with it. While loading up the script, I promised myself I'd delete it right after. Yeah, that was the right thing to do. <laughs> no harm done. And if I got caught somehow, I could just claim it was a one-time accident. That sounded reasonable. Sure. A black window scrolled down my, t uh, my screen rapidly for six seconds, and then I was in. Nerves thrilling. I watched breathlessly through a security cam feed in the living room as the girl came in, greeted her brother and father, and then headed upstairs. It was definitely the same girl I remembered, and she definitely gotten absurdly pretty in the last year, somehow. After settling into certainty, I closed the feed, deleted the script, and then spent a paranoid hour clearing my computer of any evidence of what I'd done. For maybe a week, I sat at home terrified that the police would break down my door and tase me at any moment. But that's the funny thing about temptation. When no consequences followed, the urge to look began eating away at me again. I had a few drinks one lonely night, ew, and then went for it, ew, <laughs> before mm -hmm. I could change my mind, ew. The son was watching television in the living room. I couldn't see what he was watching from the angle of the camera in the living room, but he seemed zoned out. My neighbor himself was sitting in the kitchen working on his laptop. Again, I couldn't see what he was doing from my angle, but he was certainly down in coffee as he worked. My pulse quickened as a hallway feed caught the daughter going from her room to the bathroom in just a towel to take a shower. Okay, borderline creepish, I told myself. Borderline? <laughs> this, this person has the weirdest standards <laughs> for, for what they you know think what? I normal is. As far as they've written a creeper, I guess this would be their like level of morality and logic. So <sighs> I guess it's believable as a character, but... Ew. Like, I guess, like, I get creeped out at myself when I accidentally make too long of an eye contact with, like, the person, like, my barista. Oh, yeah, I do that, too. Like, <laughs> so, if I, my friend once left a webcam on and I was like, I feel wrong about this. Yeah, right? You're like, oh, this is, so, okay, so this person has very creepy morals, okay? Mm -hmm. Borderline creepish, they consider, but whatever. But it's not like I could see the bathrooms or the bedrooms, right? Just to confirm that I couldn't. I tried the various devices around the house that the neighbor had connected to his system. Most were named with random numbers and letters, but I did find that the household devices had many more sensors than we gave them credit for. A microwave in the kitchen had some sort of crude light sensor, and the system, that, and the system sent me its data to an incredibly blurry video feed. The big blob of darkness moved in place in front of the bright rectangle of light, and I realized I was looking at my neighbor on his laptop from a different angle. In fact, many devices in the house had crude light sensors or audio pickups. I could hear the shower running upstairs on one while listening to the sun's show on another. This was all proceeding, as one might expect, and I might have gone down a very dark path <laughs> if I hadn't stumbled upon the unthinkable. 
I like that he thinks he hasn't gone down already. I know, he's like, no, this is good. <laughs> this is I'm fine I'm still and good. morally ambiguous. Yeah, hey guys, don't, don't diss me just yet. <laughs> just wait, I have morals. Anytime a character has to say that they have morals... You know, they don't. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> throw that out the window, bud. Just, no, sure. <laughs> or it's the same when people have to say that they're empaths. Oh, God. They're, they're, they're not. Nothing. That's become a really hot word on the internet these days. I'm well aware. There was three years ago I watched, and I hate to bring this guy up, but that Shane Dawson thing where he was interviewing um, yeah. Jake Paul. And that the therapist, mm. the counselor, who ha- is like a professional like psychologist <laughs> or something. She's like, yeah. you're an empath. I have been bitching about that for four years now. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 gross. It's just gross. And that that's the epitome of that though. People that have to be like, "Oh my god, I'm an empath." It's like, "No, you're not." Empaths no. don't have to walk around stating that they're empaths. They just no, are. No, that's also basic human <laughs> empathy. Like, if you can yeah, understand another person's uh, yeah. emotions or feel it when they're feeling it, that's just because you're actually in tune. Like, it's yeah. not a magical yeah. psychic ability. You just have feelings. <laughs> Literally. And it's like it anyway. It's that's a, <laughs> that's gross. And I yep. I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, okay. This was all proceeding as one might expect, and I might have gone down a very dark path if I hadn't stumbled upon the unthinkable. One of the devices, with a very long and very random name, showed me a blurry feed somewhere unrecognizable. I switched back and forth, comparing the patterns of light from the cameras, but this device seemed to be looking out on somewhere altogether different. Was it the basement? It was darker than the others, but not too dark to obscure strange gray blurs moving on black. I kept switching until I found a security camera near a basement window. It was the only one down there, but it showed enough that I could compare compare blurs. It was less than it was less that the objects were moving and more that the fuzzy sensor made the objects appear to move simply because it was so bad. But I pinpointed a poster, a chair, and a mirror before coming to an imp- impasse with the final blur. This one I could only see on the sensor. There was nothing on the video feed. Peering closer and closer, I tried to make sense of the blob of gray and white pixels as it moved around the basement. There and there, recognizable landmarks among the junk, but no sign of it on the high-res camera. What was I seeing? Was the sensor just defective? What device was it even a part of? I managed to narrow it down to a forgotten digital clock that must have been running out of batteries, but nothing about this made sense. I looked up on a script to sharpen video data, and I let everything run all night. In the morning, I pulled myself up, got a coffee, and sat down at my computer, ready to be creepy. (laughs) (laughs) And then froze. Repeatedly, I played the confusing horror the script had produced. The blur of gray and shadows had become coherent, but not in any natural way. Instead, it appeared that I was looking at an androgynous gray humanoid form with a pillowcase over her head. Since this was just a graphical best guess, her glitchy movement brought out severe unease and disgust in me as I watched her jerkily walk around the basement. She appeared to be able to navigate despite the pillowcase covering her face, and she even made it a few steps toward the basement door before her random movements took her back down. What the hell was I seeing? For two days, I watched that thing stumble around my neighbor's basement before she finally went all the way up the stairs. It was four in the morning, and all three of them were asleep. This time, she seemed to move with purpose. She was still not visible on any of the high-resolution cameras, but I tracked her from sensor to sensor by her twitching blur. After so long watching her unfocused form, 
I was beginning to get a sense of where her legs and arms were by the movements and pattern of the gray. Each limb moved as if it was on different conflicting joints. When she walked, it was as if her ankles, knees, and thighs each wanted to go opposite directions, and the conflict was only resolved by odd rotations and strange body angles. Gripped by terror, I watched her slowly ratchet her way through the kitchen and towards the second set of stairs. There was no doubt in my mind that she was heading for the bedrooms. My knuckles went white as I gripped the edge of my table. Finally, as she clambered up and out of sight of the sensors, I panicked. She still wasn't visible on the hallway camera, but I knew I had to do something. But what? If I called the house, they would have my phone number, and they would start asking questions as to why I'd call at four in the morning. There was no way I could pretend it was random. The only reason I even had my neighbor's cell phone number was that I heard him say it out loud the week before it on one of my feeds. <laughs> okay. Why? <sighs> what could I do? Desperate to act, or to at least see what was happening, I left my computer and crept to a window in another room. From here I could see into my neighbor's daughter's window, and my entire body ran with prickly terror as I spied a strange grey anti-glow in her room. The sharpening script had not been wrong. It merely been inadequate. My eyes still interpreting the inexplicable entity as an androgynous humanoid with a pillowcase over its head, but it moved through the space of the girl's room like a depressed craving etched into reality itself. I could feel why it didn't show up on the cameras. It was something otherworldly, something not entirely there, or something visible only as an artifact of organic human perception. This was a creature outside the realm of human knowledge and observation, and I... I guessed that it was making its move now only because it believed itself to be unseen. It jerked and twitched forward to lean over the neighbor's daughter as she slept. Quickly and quietly, I slid open my window, removed the screen, and threw a quarter at the glass panes opposite. I ducked down immediately after and clutched the floor in abject terror. The rap noise had been excruciatingly loud. Had the entity snapped its pillowcase-covered head towards the sound? Had it even seen me? I had no way of knowing. Or did I? I crawled back to my room, checked the feeds. Apparently, completely unperturbed by my noise, the entity had begun ratcheting her way back down the stairs. It was not fleeing to the basement. I watched as it approached the small table by the front door and began going through the mail stacked there. It carefully picked up one envelope and crumpled it into oblivion in a blurry gray hand. Then it moved to the kitchen, where it touched the keyboard on my neighbor's laptop repeatedly for nearly a minute. What was it doing? Is it Googling? <laughs> Is it going to email me? <laughs> Is it? <laughs> I also love, just shout out. I love that it's like, I don't know what it is. It's unperceivable by human reality. I think it's a she. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, all right, dude, chill. Also, it's got a hand and now it's like on a computer. What is this thing? I'm obsessed, obsessed that it went, checked the mail, sat down, had a quick Google search. <laughs> <laughs> it returned to the basement to move in lurking circles. And I sat and stared at it half awake until a shout from both my computer and my open window jolted me to full alertness. It had been my neighbor in his kitchen. He'd yelled loud enough for me to hear it for real. Stalking back and forth while talking on the phone, he was insisting he hadn't sent any compromising emails. He'd been fired from his job. What? <laughs> so the so the blob sent... Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm here. I'm here for this. <laughs> in the front hall, his son was busy looking through the pile of mail. He asked his sister and father repeatedly if any college acceptance letters had come in. But his father was too busy arguing on the phone, and his sister hasn't seen any. But I had. 
Okay, I thought the gray blob was looking through the mail to see the address. Apparently it was so it would know where but apparently it was like, yo, I'm gonna fire I'm gonna get this guy fired and I'm gonna steal this kid's college (laughs) acceptance letter. Okay. Oh, so it's like a trick a tricky little thing. Okay. What type of entity were we dealing with here? It hadn't physically harmed anyone, but it was still lurking in their home every hour every day, and it had made invisible moves against them by sabotaging my neighbor's job and his son's college career. At long last, my neighbor seemed to convince the other the other end that his account had been hacked, but he was somber and concerned about how it would reflect on him at work. The son continued on with his day, oblivious to the fact that his acceptance letter had come and been destroyed. It was then that I began to think about the timeline of what had happened. I'd resist the urge to spy on my neighbor's family for weeks. Indeed, beyond that, he'd lived there for years. If the entity had been in his basement this entire time, then perhaps they were not physically at risk. There'd been plenty of opportunities to hurt them directly. No, this was something else. This was a specter of misfortune, a curse, an information parasite. But my neighbor had not been particularly unlucky as far as I knew. Not until... Not until he'd gotten the surveillance system. A bunch of little complaints I'd heard him make suddenly began to add up. Things had been going inexplicably wrong for everyone in his family recently. Alarm clocks had been failing to go off at the proper time. Emails and texts had been a bit weird. And each of the three members of his household had a general growing frustration with life. It was undermining them. It was literally lurking in the basement, lurking out of sight and sabotaging them. And they had no idea. This thing sounds like my anxiety. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, actually. (laughs) Undermining (laughs) every little thing. (laughs) Honestly, it just sounds like some real dick on Twitter who found your house. Like, (laughs) Like, literally. Oh, also the phrase information parasite. Very interesting. That's a cool concept. Like, if if this was like a sci-fi thing, explore that. Yeah. But where had the entity come from? Almost all of the devices and cameras had been there before. The only difference was that they had been integrated. Did observation have an effect on the physical universe? I was no quantum physics expert, but I knew that observation was a crucial part of existence. Did overlapping connected layers of observation somehow enable this entity to slide into our world? When you put all the pieces together, did the whole thing add up more than the sum of its parts? I began thinking of a plan of action that involved sneaking over there and turning off all the devices in the hopes of banishing the entity in the basement. But as I did so, okay. (laughs) So he's just sneaking in, okay. I looked down and to the left at my cell phone. It sat quietly glowing on the table, for I had moved my hand above it and activated its motion sensor. Then I looked up and noticed the webcam above my monitor that I always kept pointed at myself. Then I looked to the right of my television, itself containing a sensor, and the gaming console beside it that also had sensors to detect my motion. Microphones, cameras, everywhere. I'd applied for so many internships last summer and gotten none. I'd missed dates and lost budding relationships because of texting troubles. Everything had felt hard and difficult lately. That's why I was sitting alone on my computer most nights. I sat without breathing for nearly 20 seconds. There would be no plan. There would be no action taken. My neighbors would have to fend for themselves. I let out a breath, put my hands back on my mouse and keyboard, and loaded a computer game. It would look like I'd given up to anyone watching. Holy shit, that was a really good ending. That was really good. That was very interesting. That was very interesting. It started off like weirdly creepy, but that ending, like, that was Mm -hmm. really good. And then suddenly I'm just sitting here like, man... 
this kid got his whole life fucked up because he bought a Wii. Like, <laughs> those, the, you know, those really successful Xbox motion controls? <laughs> oh, the Kinect. Yeah, the yeah, Kinect. yeah. He's got a fucking Microsoft Kinect in his house and it ruined his life. <laughs> Man, Microsoft gave oh, me a goddamn parasite. My God. Uh, I, oh, okay. that was a clever ending. I like that, that. That was very interesting, and, and it obviously raised a good point. Where it's like that's a very real thing where people can just like get into different security cameras and just like watch them. Oh yeah, and like that's always kind of freaky. But like, yeah, I the only thing that really bothered me as, aside from the writer being like, I have morals, guys. I'm not going to do that until I, I did it. I'm just trying to see how pretty she is I and just, then I'm going to stop. I just want to see how she got hot. I just want to see how she got hot. But aside from that and the weird labeling of the, the entity as a she and then randomly calling it an it and then randomly calling it a she, but that was it. I'm sure that was just like an inconsistency thing. Um, Potentially, yeah. But like, you know, you know what I mean? Where it was like, I think it was yeah. a woman in the basement and then I was like, okay, it's a woman in the basement. Okay, so that's creepy and weird and it, I, maybe the whole thing is legitimately an allegory for like, I really, I, it could be an allegory for like sabotaging your own success sometimes. Yeah. Because I feel that. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. It's it's interesting because th- this kid was like, at the end, he's like, all my like life was falling apart. I was kind of just depressed and anxious and not really doing anything. Mm-hmm. Like, and then I kind of passed my neighbors kind of got like this and I started to notice it and it was like yeah oh is this how he discovers empathy <laughs> hey yeah yeah no I yeah that was that was a good story that was good that was a lot of fun yeah that was really good yeah I like at the top comment the ghost sounds like a total dick yeah like I love the stories of people being like I want a ghost that does like useful shit you know, a ghost that like <laughs> a ghost. I love that the ghost sent an email. <laughs> well, so I was like, that's so scary that the ghost sat down and Googled like where the where it was. And then I was like, oh wait. And then the dad's like, who sent an email? And then the kid's like, I had to get to college. I'm really worried like any of my chain letters might have been real now. Like <laughs> But it is interesting, like they kind of bring in the concept of like Schrodinger's cat toward the end where it's like, mm. oh, we don't know if it's actually real until we actually start monitoring it and we know it's happening. It's like yeah. quantum states and all that stuff. Yeah, got science-y. Got science Which is kind of cool. I like it when they do that because it's like, oh, you just made like ghost kind of science It's mm-hmm. like any physicist will be like, this is bullshit. But any of us who don't know physics, i.e. us, <laughs> it's going to be like, oh, it's real. Yeah, oh, I'm like, oh, this is so scary. <laughs> Also, like, why did it have a pillowcase over its head? Like, what, what, like, I think. Yeah, that part was, that part I wanted to know. <laughs> yeah, because the way I was describing, I was like, oh, the neighbor has like a hostage woman in his basement. Yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking. It's like, or maybe that was the original daughter. Yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> and they like replaced her with like a ghost who's like also, also like a hotter like hot. daughter. <laughs> He's like, I want a ghost daughter and also she's hot. <laughs> oh, cool. I just, uh, there's so. The bottom of the Reddit post, this the author of this was named uh, Matt Demersky, I believe it's oh, pronounced. Oh, good story, Matt. And he has a whole site where he does like horror stories. Oh, amazing. So it looks like he's still doing stuff. So if you want to check that out, anyone listening, he also has books on Amazon. Oh, so brilliant. If you liked that, which is really cool, uh, go take a look. Yeah. He seems to be like a, he has a Facebook page. He seems to be an author professionally by the looks of it. Uh Oh, this isn't a blog post for a second. I thought it just said I saw my professor die. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, it's a story. It's just a oh story. It's okay. 
that was a lot of fun. I love I love creepy stories, and sometimes it's oh yeah, it's nice to go off the beaten path a little bit because look, I love scary stories. I love scary books. I'm a lover of Stephen King, obviously, because I'm a person. And <laughs> but it's nice to to break away and get something kind of new. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. I love this kind of like indie fiction mm-hmm. stuff, like where someone's just kind of taking their own idea, putting it out there. It's like, yeah, you can poke holes in it. Yeah, other people will find flaws with it. But it's like, yeah, but conceptually, like as an ending, that was really strong. Oh, that yeah, was a that really was good way to just end a creepy story that's really satisfying. Like it doesn't explain the entity, but yeah. it explains the origin of the entity. It's like, mm-hmm. it's you. You yeah. did this. It's like, oh, and it's this is happening. This is happening to everybody right now. And also, like, I'm not a person who gets, like, freaked out by technology, but if I was, that story would be so scary to me. <laughs> like, tech, tech, technophobic. You know what? I have had, like, I'm sure you've gotten it, too, like, the email where someone's like, so we saw you having fun with yourself last night, so if you don't give us money, um, we're gonna get online. Oh, right. And I'm a guy, so I'm just like, fucking go for it. See what happens. <laughs> I'll I'll post a link to it and less people will watch it. (laughs) You're like, go for it. No one fucking cares about me. I'm a nerd in the middle of Ontario, Canada. (laughs) Yeah, like, you want to see a bunch of guys' dicks? Like, you can go on chat roulette and they're doing it for free. Like, Uh, nobody wants to see that from me. Like, if even if I was famous, I don't think, like, anybody wants to see guys. Like, as much as that's a sexist thing. Sorry, ladies out there that have to deal with that. But... (laughs) <laughs> sorry women having to deal with the sexism <laughs> yeah literally but like sorry I, i've never heard a woman in my life say something like i want to see brad pitt's junk like it's just it's not really a thing yeah i i i, you're, I mean i'm the wrong person to talk about that with just because okay, as an enough. asexual person i'm just like <laughs> i i i don't understand the a- appeal of certain things at all like i find all humans to be like hilarious bags of goose <laughs> Like action fingers banging together. Like literally, I'm like just like. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yeah, no, I can only speak to my own experiences with the women I know, but no one's ever said to me like, "I wonder what that junk looks like." It's never come up. So well, it's like it's like getting a random dick pic, right? It's like so so wasn't didn't want to see it and like wish I didn't know. It's one thing if it's like a consensual act between two people. Yeah. But it's different to just be like, hey, how are you? Oh, I'm good. How are you? Dick pic. <laughs> like, that's a lot. It's a lot, especially when I you're just like at sound. work on a Tuesday. I wish every phone when it got a dick pic made the sound you just made of dick pic. <laughs> it's like uh, someone just looked at their phone. Fuck. <laughs> dick pic. And you're like, oh, okay. That should be so an you app. Can set just a Google filter alert. it out. <laughs> Like a Google has like a spam thing. If you have like, I don't know if it's like a Google Home or like Google Dick. Oh, oh, let's talk about that for a second. I'm obsessed with how like reading stories about people who work in technology, like the people who built the like Amazon Alexa, are like, "There's no fucking way I'm putting one of those in my house." Right. <laughs> Meanwhile, I plugged my Google Home back in because so I was funny. like, I want to know the weather in the morning, and I don't want to change the channel. Fuck. <laughs> My my Google Home is exclusively yeah. used for someone to tell me what the weather is. <laughs> like, like I, 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 I don't even like using Siri, to be honest, because I just don't like the, the noise yeah. that it makes. So I was just like, oh, so I just like, sh- I don't know what it was about it. So I just shut it off. 
And it's very funny to like go over to friends who do have them. And then it's just like, hey, Google or like, hey, Siri, play Despacito. <laughs> like, that's funny. Like, that's funny. <laughs> play Africa by Toto. Like, that's funny. That's a good goof. <laughs> but like, it's, it's so funny to hear people who like work in technology be like, no, there's no way I'm ever putting in a uh, like an electronic uh, security system in my house. I will oh, always no, use a no, lock and no key. No question. I have a yeah, blank I'd that love I that. only turn, it's only turned toward like my living room just in case like when I leave the apartment for a weekend, anyone comes in. That's the only reason I have it. Only reason mm. it's ever plugged in. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right. So let's do one more story. I'll read. Let's see. This one's supposed to be like a psychological horror from the description and it's called, I can see people's auras and it's a curse. Ooh. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> First, I just started thinking, I'm like, what bothers me more? People who call themselves empaths or people who say they could see auras? And I'm like, hmm. Oh. <laughs> you know, now I'm you're thinking not about a, it. I'm like, you're not a believer in like auras? I don't know. I've never seen an I aura don't know myself. Enough of, I don't know enough about them to like make a judgment call. At the call, very least, you know? I believe some people experience empathy. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe some people experience auras and it's like the opposite. <laughs> I believe some people have empathy. Full stop. Very <laughs> underlined some, like, clearly. <laughs> anyway. All right. Yes, I can see people's auras. And I hate saying it so bluntly. It makes me sound like some hack psychic who fakes the ability as a means of exploitation and a paycheck. I've never made money from my ability, never taken advantage of it, and until now, I've never spoken it to anybody. But I really do see them, and I'm starting to view it as more of a curse. I have a reason for typing this out, and I assure you, there isn't a happy ending. For me, it's quite simple. I see a faint light surrounding people, everyone, and in that light, I can see their morality. The brighter and more translucent the light is, the better the person. The darker and opaquer, the worse. Dim and partly translucent are morally ambiguous. To simplify things, those are the three ways I describe them. Dark equals evil, bright equals good. Dim equals somewhere in between. It's strange. I've always viewed the people with gray, dim auras as arbiters, mediators, the people in between who aren't one or the other, and will always have difficult decisions to make. I was a child when I first became aware of my gift. It didn't take long to figure out that the brighter auras were kinder to me and selfless. While both of my parents are good people, my father's aura was quite a bit brighter than my mother's. As a result, he was always far more patient and understanding with me. It was clear to see that my teachers and fellow students with brighter auras were usually friendlier and more compassionate. The dark auras with, the dark auras were the stereotypical fighters, lunch money stealers, and bullies. I would say I was around eight years old when I fully figured that out, that I have a gift that most people don't have, that possibly nobody else has. I've read some of the New Age websites and alternative medicine articles that give their take on aura reading. While I believe that the vast majority of it is bullshit, I expect there must be at least some other people out there with my ability. So I don't want to completely dismiss those people as an outright hoax. It's just that, for me, it doesn't work anything like the way those websites describe. I've visited numerous aura readers and psychics. Most of them have dim or dark auras themselves, and I'm certain they don't really hold this power. I'm not saying all psychics are terrible people. I visited a few who had very bright auras. I they love that this person's 
gatekeeping auras. <laughs> like right. Immediately it's just like, no, these are mine. No, I wrong. know who the real wrong. at least genuine kind psychics are. <laughs> and these like four year olds were pretty cool at one point. Sorry, I just had to No, I it's all good. That out. <laughs> they were unable to convince me that they really have psychic powers, but they at least at the very least use their deception to try and help people. You need to understand. I'm going to end this entry by sharing a terrifying event that is happening to me. But before I get to that, I think there are a few more things I need to explain. I imagine many of you are curious as to what aura is the most common. I'm happy to tell you that the majority of people are somewhere around dim and bright. I see very few dark auras. This isn't scientific, and I haven't traveled the world plotting out charts and graphs, but I'd estimate around 60% of people are bright-ish, around 25% dim-ish, leaving just around 15% darkish. Again, these are all just estimates. What's the precise difference between, say, bright and dim? I have no idea, but rest assured, there is far more bright in the world than dark. Aww. The next thing I'd like to discuss is children. That's a sentence. Okay. <laughs> I could see a person's aura right from birth, and I've never encountered an aura changing as someone ages. I'm not sure what this means for the whole nature versus nurture debate, and I'm not saying that everyone with a dark aura always behaves terribly, or vice versa. A person with a bright aura might be born in horrible conditions, acquire a drug problem, and then resort to thievery to feed their addiction. I think the difference is this. A bright aura thief with a horrible upbringing may rob someone, but they would never intentionally hurt someone in the process. A dark aura thief would kill someone if they could get away with it without even a second thought. Another interesting note I find the ratio between bright, dim, dark to be similar across pretty much all human activities. Whether I'm at a church or a death metal concert, it always seems to be around that same 60%, 25%, 15% ratio. I once visited a federal prison and was shocked to see that at least half of the prisoners had bright auras. I had to be at the federal prison in person to see this because I can't see auras on photographs, television shows, movies, or even in mirrors. I can only see auras in the real world. Another strange thing, I can't even see my own aura. I assume and hope I would be on the brighter spectrum, but I can't see it. The brightest person I ever saw worked as a social worker. She shone so bright that it was difficult for me to even look at her. Based on the way people acted in her presence, I think that almost everyone around her could sense her brightness in a subconscious way. Everyone loved her. She had donated a kidney to someone she barely even knew, she had a special needs adopted child. Most of the money she earned was donated to various charities. And that's only the little that I knew of her. This woman shined so brightly that she scared me. It was scary that someone could be so good. But it wasn't Wait, why, really a... how did this person get into a prison? Yeah, that was kind of weird. That sorry, was kind of sorry like, to go uh, back. <laughs> I guess like, it was oh. just like, I once visited a prison. It's like, okay. That's all right. I guess, I guess prisons cool. are doing tours now. All right. Great. Cool. Maybe that'll Continue. maybe they, that'll be established at the dark order or something. Who knows? Ooh. But it wasn't nearly as scary as the darkest person I ever saw. I was 20 years old at the time, leaving a club downtown at 2 a.m. A man quietly walked down the street. I didn't see him at first, but I noticed the light dimming around me. This man was so dark that he partly absorbed the light around him. I looked at him long and hard. He looked desperate, cruel, and callous. When he looked up and locked eyes with me, it made me fall back. He smirked, as though he knew what I could see. I saw his face up close. I would never forget it, and I recognized it when I saw his mugshot a few weeks later in the newspaper. 
He murdered his ex-wife and two children in cold blood. I think I need to get to it now. The reason why I'm writing this out. I fell in love a year ago. She didn't shine anywhere near as bright as what I'd seen before, but she most assuredly wasn't dark or even dim. She was beautiful. Her sense of humor, her wit, her everything. She was my dream woman. I've never told her anything at all about the auras I see. I could go into far more about her, but this isn't a love story. What's important is this. We fell in love. She got pregnant. We got married. We were happy. We were so happy. I remember hearing the buzz of my phone two mornings ago. I remember my excitement when I saw, It's happening. Come to the hospital. I remember my frustration when I got stuck in traffic. I remember how long it took to find a parking spot. I remember shouting at a nurse, What room is my wife in? I remember bursting through a door and seeing the smile on my wife's face. I remember seeing the doctor, his light shining so bright as he told me, Congratulations! It's a boy. The doctor held him up to me, and the light in the room dissipated. No, this can't be, I remember saying. The doctor put him in my arms. The darkness around my son was so absolute that I could barely even see him. He was a void. He was so dark that the world barely even existed around him. It was like nothing I'd ever experienced. I started weeping. I think my wife and the doctor thought they were tears of joy, but they weren't. Lord knows they weren't. I think back to the dark outline around that man that murdered his family. It was up to that point the darkest I'd ever seen. But the darkness around my son was a hundred times worse. A thousand times worse. And what could possibly be a thousand times worse than murdering your entire family? It's been two days. We're home now. My son's darkness is so extreme that it dims the hallway leading to his room. My wife knows something is wrong. I think she suspects I'm having regrets about having children at all. If only she knew. What do I do? He's my son. Just 20 minutes ago, I stood above him holding a pillow over his face, but I couldn't do it. Not yet, anyway. A man who could murder his two-day-old baby boy. What color would his aura be? And here's the thought that keeps going through my mind as I sit here alone. The fathers of our worst, the Adolf Hitlers, Joseph Stalins, Timothy McVeighs, if their fathers knew what they would become, would they murder them in their cradle? Would they have the strength to hold down the pillow as long as it takes? I could see the door of my son's room from my office. The hallway seems to be growing darker. I look down at my hands as I type this. Maybe I'm going crazy, but there seems to be an aura around my hands and arms now. It's gray. It's dim. Maybe it's always been dim. I'm looking down at the pillow beside me, the grayish dim outline around my hands more apparent than ever. Maybe it's time. Maybe this is why I have this gift. It all comes down to right now. Maybe it's time. I think it's time. Damn, that got uh. Ooh, that got dark. Ooh, that got spicy that right at the end there. That was, a, that was a little heavy. No real like. I don't know if there's any like thing that really scared me or messed with me or like made me think, but definitely like very um, definitely kind of gets that moral question. But it, it's it's also yeah. like a question that's kind of overdone too. Like you know, if you go back in time, would you kill him? Like, you, that's what I was gonna say, right? It's like that that constant question of like, oh, if you could go back in time and stop 
X, Y, and Z. Would you do it? And it's like, oh, wow, that's a deep moral question. The question I had regards to the plot of this story that I found very interesting was in the beginning, He, sh- the character started by being like, I don't put much stock in this. I just do this thing. It's not really that big of a deal. I don't even know if I- he's, yeah, it's like, I don't even know if I'm right. And then it's like, uh, yeah, my son is evil. Right. So it's like, I, I, I get it'd be, it'd be interesting. So I guess I was just curious about why, like, they put so much stock into this thing, this ability that they were like, I don't even know if I'm right. I don't even care that I have it. <laughs> yeah. So I find not that. Too, not, not to be too critical of the author or anything like. Oh, no, no, no. It's well a great, done. It was a good Pacing story. Is great. The way it's written is excellent. Oh, absolutely. And I, I couldn't do better. I was just curious about the fact, like, from a character perspective, I just found that to be Yeah, yeah. There's definitely, like, a, a leap in logic, like, as soon as the sun is born. Mm-hmm. But that's creepy. That's scary. And I guess maybe that is the case. Like, if you were in that situation, like, and suddenly, like, the literal darkest thing that ever appeared in your life, at, when the previous one was a literal family murderer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that does, like you would suddenly just be like, okay, I've been right pause. about this so far. At least it's That's semi-consistent. True. That's true. But there, like he said, there's no guarantee that this person is going to suddenly do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's just interesting. And I hate that my first thought was like, it's like when people get sorted into Slytherin and Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a good point. It's like, though. it doesn't intentionally mean that they're bad. It just means that that's the, 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 the vibe and i i yeah yeah this story was was good i liked this one yeah no it's definitely like we read some good stories yeah there's some surprisingly good horror stuff out there like i definitely feel like this is something we could revisit even off halloween like maybe like every once in a while do some horror stories i actually tried to find like horror comedy but i couldn't find anything that was like particularly funny or particularly i liked the goose one (laughs) <laughs> the goose one was interesting that one by the title alone i'm like this author's got something this there's something here well it's like i i recently watched this a movie recommendation by the way um it's on amazon prime it's a movie called slacks with two x's and it's a canadian film about a pair of killer pants i was about to say isn't that like a underwear brand <laughs> <laughs> but it's a, it's a fantastic movie, but it has, like, commentary on, like, working in retail and, like, working in the, uh, like, fast fashion and all this shit. Okay. And I was like, this is so funny. And then, yeah, Canadian made a really good time. And it reminded me of uh, of this story in terms of just, like, off the beaten path and it, like, really succeeding. It was a good time. I love when... That's the cool thing with the horror community is they have very vivid imaginations they can think of like mm-hmm. ideas for topics or like just like uh something that's gonna scare you that's just something in your ordinary life and i'm like where does that yeah. come from and it's like is that something you you've been terrified in your life does this come from like your own mental health telling you some horrible shit that you've had to deal with yeah like yeah like how do you come up with that <laughs> i don't know honestly I, that's how i feel when i watch the saw films or like any like torture porn stuff i can't well yeah. i can't do it like a ton of gore like i can't yeah. i can't i couldn't watch past like i think the first saw movie because i was like i i don't care yeah gore has never <laughs> done it for see... me no like a jump scare will get me like resident evil 4 the first jump scare when that's mm. or like when this chainsaw guy shows up for the first time that the yeah. first time i ever played that game and you're like trying to get away from everybody coming at you like that's great. That is perfect situational horror. I wasn't ready for this. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect this. Oh, dear God, sack man chainsaw. You gotta get out of here. 
<laughs> Dear like, sweet God, no. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. That's good how- horror is, I feel like, putting you in a situation where you think you did everything right and finding out you did exactly mm-hmm. what they wanted you to do. Mm-hmm. Like, they mm-hmm. were always, it's like a chess game. They were always one step ahead of you, which, by that <sighs> logic, the Queen's Gambit, amazing horror story, but... <laughs> the scariest film on or that's what i feel like it must be like in the mind of a chess yeah like right it must be like the mind of a chess player it's just this constant horror story it's like i gotta be one step ahead of him but he's like 30 moves ahead of me and they're thinking in 40 moves i gotta keep thinking more moves oh my god there's so many outcomes i'm not bright enough to play chess i I I could i I didn't play chess right for my entire life because i thought if you tricked someone into getting their king killed that was winning like I didn't think checkmate was how gotcha. you won. I thought you had to just be like, "Well, you didn't notice it. Your king's dead. I win." You didn't notice it. <laughs> it's like I didn't realize I had to call check every time. It's like, mm, all right. Okay, have you played Resident Evil Village? Yes. Because none of my friends really play it, and I wanted to talk to somebody about it. Because <laughs> I was like, "This means, is this we is have so much." Twelve minutes of recording time left, so let's go. It's for a great it. game. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I wanted to say. It's a lot of fun. Oh, I had a blast with it. It was so much fun. <sighs> but and like the doll part was the creepiest part for yes. me. Like the rest of it wasn't like super scary. Um, like you, you know what I mean. Like it wasn't like super horror. Yeah. I was just like, oh, this is cool. It's definitely leaned toward its mm. action elements. It was just like neat. I feel like the one before that, uh, whatever seven I think was called. Oh, uh, uh bio biohazard. No, 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 Bio- that's the Japanese title for it. Uh, I think 7 was just called Resident 7, actually. Evil. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the one with the Louis... Yeah, that one was scary the, yeah, the all one in the, the way through. Just That was horrible. A haunted house or a haunted forest is perfect. Gaming-wise... Also, the voice actors, the voice actors in that game are like... Oh, yeah. And the demo for that... Also, a lot of them came back to do Village, which yeah. is like sick. Did you ever play the demo when it was coming out for uh, the 7? No. So what they had in that was you were just doing like a tour through a house and it was like through VHS tapes and stuff. But if you went upstairs and like there's mannequins, but if you turned around, the mannequins had like turned around <laughs> and they were looking at you. <laughs> and this shit just keeps happening. I oh my it. God. I but, hate it. And they... They made it like that PT game where you keep like oh, doing different loops God. and different stuff. That's happens. gonna become yeah. like lore. On th- uh, it has yep. become like actual horror community lore because that was oh my God, that was uh, Guillermo del Toro and yeah, him and Hideo Kid- Kojima yes, with yes, uh, Norman yes, Reedus. Yes. Oh my, I anything Guillermo del Toro does first of all. I'm like, yup. Oh, dude. Yup. <laughs> yup. Sign he has me up. mastered visual anything. He had a really cool, um, like, exhibition that came to Toronto, like, three years Ooh. ago at the Art Gallery of Ontario. And it was called Guillermo del Toro at Home with Monsters because he collects, like, a t- like a, just a bunch of, like, weird and interesting, like, movie pieces and, um, like, literature pieces. So he has, like... Uh, in addition to his own stuff, like he, we saw the original, like his doodles and like books when he was writing out Hellboy and like planning what Hellboy would look like and like shit like that was so cool. And he also had like original copies of like how scary the Cheshire Cat was going to look in the Disney version of Alice in Wonderland. Oh, and it damn. was all this just like creepy shit. And like he had like full scale models of uh, 
the fawn from Pan's Labyrinth. Like it was so cool. And just, yeah, the, the visual storytelling that he does is so good. Yes. So then it was like, oh, video game? Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. I would dude. love to see him do that. I hope him and Kojima actually do end up doing something because so Silent sick. Hills looked so promising, but there was so Konami, much fucking army. There was but. so much going on and it was like, I don't know. It's like just one big, it was very annoying to be like, mm-hmm. oh my God. And see, like not one person was like, this is going to be terrible. <laughs> no, like, not one you person. scared us with a demo that just loops a hallway. Like, oh my what God. can you do with a town? It's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Oh, I love horror and games. Like the, it's it's such a, tr- I wouldn't say it's a trend anymore. I think it's just like a genre of its own now that people have really embraced, especially with uh, after Amnesia, The Dark Descent came Hell out yeah. and everybody played that. Uh, that was like the, the thing that made YouTube Let's Plays yeah, big. Yeah, I remember those days. And, oh, I was doing them back then. Oh, like, hell yeah. That's, that's actually the reason I have all of my gear, my sound gear, my video recording gear, this tablet is all because back in like 2012, I wanted to get into <gasps> Let's Plays and doing all that stuff. Dude. And the, some of that stuff's still out there. I didn't like pull it or anything. Like it's on some of it's on my demo reel because I did some good editing and work with that. That's but, amazing. Yeah, that's kind of how I got into all this. Like I love, I've been a gaming guy for God knows how long, but yeah. That's amazing. Um, all right, we're running out of time. I think we only have like six minutes left of recording time for the month. Oh my God. Oh, okay. Have to buy more. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we're going to close off the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, sadly, Sarah May can no longer be with us, but she's I have okay, been your though. host. G- <laughs> yeah, no, she's fine. She's had to go work. She's good. Sarah May be a witch. Sarah May Banning is off to work. Uh, I have been your host. For this Halloween episode of Under the Table Read, Jason Bird Alive with my co-host, Rebecca Daver Lashmore, a.k.a. Rebecca Lashmore. It has been a pleasure, and we will be back soon, hopefully. Cheers, everybody. Later.